Hello and welcome to episode 87 of Christians in My Soup, a weekly podcast by two of God's Peculiar People about God's Peculiar People for God's Peculiar People, proving that life is simply not as black and white as some would have us believe, but that sometimes life gets real and doesn't fit into any boxes, no matter how hard we try. And welcome to episode 87. And I'm not going to repeat all of that because I suddenly realised where I was going with that one. I, do you know uh, what, mate? I, I nearly do that every week. <laughs> <laughs> the brain goes, oh, I've got to say something and I haven't written it down. <laughs> yeah, that was like, hang on a minute. I don't know what I'm saying next. We've, we've been there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, moving on very yes, quickly. Swiftly. <laughs> Before we lose the plot even quicker than normal. Um Hey, Grass, it's great. To, it's great to see you again. Good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, I'm always aware, actually, that when we start this, whether it's you or whether it's me, it feels like it's the other person's show, and we're inviting <laughs> the other one back onto it. <laughs> it. It comes back to that. Oh, we've left a gap to put in the intro music. Now, what do I say when we start? And, yes. and kind of the, the automatic thing to say is, welcome back. It's great to have you on the show again. Well, you've been on the show for the last six months. Well, you know, yes. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's not great to have you on the show, but it's like, you know, we're introducing each other as fresh and new on the show every week. But we I, are. Yeah. Do, you think, do you think we fought our listeners? Fought, yeah. Or, or, or just ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued about this week's question. Intrigued? I thought you were going to say you were in um, charge. I'm in charge. Well, <laughs> you, can, you can have that this week, brother. <laughs> I'm never in charge. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> of anything. <laughs> Careful, don't choke on your drink. Um, I'm trying not to. Yeah. So, yeah. So, this week's silly question yes. that we posed was Pac Man or Space Invaders? Yes. And for our listeners um, that are old enough to remember both those games. <laughs> Um, I have to say, I can remember both those games. Do you? Um, I do, yes. I know which one I played more than the other one. Right. But I know which one I would rather play than the other <laughs> one, I think. And I can't decide whether that's because I didn't play it then and I want to play it now. Right, yeah. That That's really interesting. And, and the other thing that comes to mind, because um, you know, listeners, regular listeners will know that we often joke about the, um, the, the difference in age between the two of us. Did you play those games down the arcades or on a home console because <laughs> see I, I have on a, on a home console behave on a <laughs> I, I, I should just explain listeners that coming up in a moment we have a piece of feedback which I have carefully explained to Bramwell that I'm not going to use the original wording of because it could sound very very wrong um, and he's already said well I'm going to ask you anyway so <laughs> be aware of that. and now I'm conscious of every syllable that comes out of my mouth and thinking he's going to question me on that isn't he <laughs> <laughs> um, where was I going with that? Yeah, no, I, I, I remember 
um, going down the arcades and playing both Pac-Man and Space Invaders. And 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 those days on on uh, in the arcade machines, they were sort of the height of of technology and the height of arcade games. But of course, they very quickly uh, found themselves onto um, Segas and Nintendos and, and stuff like that. Other game consoles are available. No, we're not sponsored by those that I've mentioned. You know, so my th- 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 that was my question. Were you you know did you play them down the arcades? Do you remember playing them down the arcades or? No. Um, the only time I was ever able to go down the arcades, in fact, I remember it twice. Once was on one of my birthdays. Right. My dad took me to the arcades as part of my birthday. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up going to the cinema and watching, I'll get it right, I think I watched The Black Cauldron. Oh, wow. That okay. My first, that was my first film at the cinema. Wow. And then when we were on holidays and I would go to the arcades, I would have been a teenager then with my brother. But that's, yeah, that's it yeah. in terms of arcade. So I was right. not an arcade boy at all. So, yeah, it was back at home with the console. Right, right. Which, to be fair, I didn't have a console until I was 13, I think, 14. Right. So I was an old starter or late just, starter. Yeah, it's interesting <laughs> you say that because I vague, well, I, I remember unwrapping the very first game console that I ever had. And it was given to us, uh, given to my sister and I by my uncle. And basically, this was you know this was even pre Sega, and and you had one console with uh, two controllers, and the controllers were highly complicated. It was basically a handhold with a single dial on each one, and if you wanted to play um, tennis, then you had one paddle that went up and down one side, and you controlled it, and one paddle on the other side, and the ball was a square dot that bounced off the screen. And if you wanted to get really excited and play football, then you had two paddles, one in goal for you and one in the opposition half, and then the, your opponent had one in their goal and one in your half. And it was, broadly speaking, the same as tennis, uh, except with two paddles each, uh, and obviously a smaller gap on, on either side of the screen. And I remember thinking, I remember opening that and thinking, wow, we've arrived, we've, we've got a home game console. Um, and of course, it wasn't long after that that things like the ZX81 and the ZX Spectrum computers started coming out, and then you had your um, Sega games consoles and stuff like that. And, and suddenly the arcades came home. I, like you, I wasn't an arcade child. It, it wasn't something that, uh, well, growing up where I did, there weren't any arcades near to us anyway. Um, there might have been some arcades in the town centre. I don't really remember, to be honest. Um, but even going on holiday, I don't recall actually going into the arcades, going past them, which was torturous because we regularly holidayed as a young, when I was a youngster, we regularly holidayed in Margate. And for any of our listeners that know Margate Seafront, it's basically one long line of arcades, one next to the other for about a mile along Margate Seafront. Um, so it was quite torturous walking past all of these things and hearing all these noises and seeing all the lights and everything. And I don't, I have no recollection of going into the arcades in Margate at all. But the bizarre thing is, you said you were an older games console starter. Um, I do remember quite vividly the freedom, sorry, mum and dad, of going and living in Hearn Bay um, at around about the age of 20, 1920, and suddenly realising that down on Hearn Bay seafront, there was an arcade. It wasn't a very big one, um, but there was an arcade. And and on my days off, I could go down to the arcade because I'd now left home and was free to do so. (laughs) So so my my arcade life didn't start until I was 1920, by which time Pac-Man and Space Invaders were gradually making way for Sega Rally. And um, I think Mario was possibly coming in, you know, the early versions of Mario and other stuff like that was was possibly coming in back then as well. so, but what's really interesting is things like Pac-Man and uh, and Space Invaders. Some years ago, there, there seemed to be almost a revival of um, retro arcade games. 
and yes. I mean these two were always the tops they, they you know they were the games to play but you did have things like Sega Rally um, Donkey Kong did you ever play Donkey Kong yes Donkey oh, Kong a great game Donkey Kong was love that game um, and always yeah thinking I remember the first time I played Donkey Kong actually and getting to the top and then realizing that I thought I'd won but actually I hadn't because he then went on to the next level um, <laughs> which was incredibly frustrating but all sorts of bits and pieces like that um, and I think we talked um, either last week or the week before as well about asteroids Mm -hmm. which was a, a highly graphical game for those of you who don't know highly graphical game where your yes. spaceship was basically a little triangle in the time in the middle of the screen when and the only control you had on it was rotating this thing round aiming at sort of jagged white cloud asteroids as they came in at you firing unlimited ammo at them which was a marvelous um uh, game and, and, and thoroughly well enjoyed I, I i'm sorry i know i'm waffling but i've got two other memories of, of um, games as i was growing up um defender <laughs> do you remember defender Mm. Now, now, Defender, basically, no. you Defender, you had this spaceship on screen, which is about an inch long and about a quarter of an inch deep. So it's a tiny little thing which sat on one end. And the controls that you had, you could move this thing from one side to the other. And it was a very advanced game because you could also reverse it. So you could go back the way you'd come as well. So if you missed your aliens or your alien spaceships, um, you had a little radar screen at the bottom, which was also revolutionary at the time. Um, and if you've gone past them, you could quickly check, oh, hit the reverse button and back you went. So you had up, down, forwards, backwards and your ammo. Um, and that was Defender. I, I have greater memories of playing Defender on my brother-in-law's computer, um, which was a BBC Model B. And with BBC Model B back in the day, if you wanted to play an arcade game um, or any kind of game, basically, you had to decide that you wanted to play this game about an hour before you actually wanted to play it because they were all loaded by cassette. Um, so you stuck this C90 in the um, computer's cassette deck <laughs> and you then had to wait for this cassette to play all the way yeah. through so that it loaded all the data and then you got to play the game. Um, but that, and that, So that was that. Um, but another one, now this wasn't particularly an arcade game, but it was a, it's an experience which has remained a constant source of hurt in my arcade life, gaming life experience ever since, it was called Philosopher's Quest. Now Philosopher's Quest was purely a um, text game. So basically, listeners may be aware, you used to be able to buy some books where you kind of, you read a chapter of a book and you were the adventurer. And at the end of a chapter, you were given three or four different options as to what you did to deal with that cliffhanger. And depending mm -hmm. on what you chose, you went to the chapter indicated. So you didn't read like an ordinary book. You had those four options and each option took you to a different chapter and then told you what happened when you'd you know, taken that option. Philosopher's Quest was kind of like the computer version of this. You, you were on this kind of adventure game. Um, and every so often you were given options as to, to what you could do and how you could move forward. And, you know, it would respond with the next paragraph of text according to what you chose. And on this particular occasion, I was quite happily playing the game and it took me into a chamber and then I had this come up on the screen. After a while, you became terrified, I think it was. After a while, you became absolutely terrified, dot, dot, dot. And then as was the want back in those days, the, the, the screen judderingly rose up and underneath it came the next part of the adventure. After another while, you ceased to be terrified. In fact, you ceased to exist, game over. And that was it. <laughs> I didn't die. I didn't get shot. Um, I, I did an Elijah. I just ceased to exist. It was just like, what's that all about? <laughs> and I have been hurt by it ever since. I never got to finish the game. Um, I hope. So 
I, I mean, I, yeah, oh. I, I, great, great memories of, of those arcade games. None of which answers the question, I know. So I'm going to throw that back to no, you. No, I know. How long um, have we been going on? We still have I just allow you to carry on, mate. Yeah. You're just reminiscing. It's fine. Oh, loving it, mate. Loving it. <laughs> loving it. Um, shall I do our one piece of feedback? Yes, please. Go options? on. Go okay. ahead. I, I want to oh, see how you, how you do you it. You want to see how I do this, don't you? Yes. Yeah, go on. I, I so, dare you to read it. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. We we actually had did have two bits of feedback. Well, we had three. Um, but one of them I'm going to refer back to my brother to explain um, the, yeah, the the emoji that he put on. Um, I, I'm going to get in there first, brother, because I know you're going to um, I know you're going to pick me up on what I share in a minute. Um, one of our pieces of feedback uh, came from someone uh, who, bless their heart, didn't quite understand the question and just <laughs> told us what the pictures were in the post. Um, so bless you, thank you for feeding back, but that wasn't quite what we were after. Um, and the one, the one piece of feedback, uh, written feedback that we had uh, was from a friend of ours in the church in Bournemouth. And Angie said that she basically wasn't very good with hand-eye coordination. Um, now, I have a great deal of sympathy with this. You, you, you can try all you like to make me say the word, brother. Um, I, I have a huge amount of sympathy with this because my, hand, my own hand-eye coordination sucks. There you go. I'm halfway to saying it. <laughs> Um, so I, I can totally relate to that. I was saying earlier on about playing um, Defender. We played that on the BBC Model B. And so you've got a key for up, a key for down, a key for left, a key for right, a key for firing, a key for reversing. Um, you've got to look at the radar. Now, I, any more than two, you know, when I'm playing on the PlayStation, I'm using the joysticks and two buttons, and that's as much as I get to use. So you can imagine <laughs> where my fingers were all over a keyboard when you've got, a, got all that lot to, to try and coordinate. So. So Angie said that she wasn't particularly good with the hand-eye coordination or with controllers, but she said she did marginally better at Space Invaders. Um, so that was where her preference lay. Um, something for which I do have a great deal of sympathy to, uh, to, to, uh, to relate to Angie. So that was that. And then in the Facebook group, uh, in the Christians and Asset Facebook, Facebook group, we did put out a poll. Didn't get a huge number of votes on it, but the vote was actually 100% in favour of Pac-Man, interestingly. Um, mm. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. The one piece of written feedback we had uh, fell down on Space Invaders, but the, the poll actually fell the other way uh, into, into Pac-Man. So, um, yeah, that's that's where that went. Um, what about yourself, my friend? Me? Well, my, my avatar. Yes. Um, which, to be fair, when you said it was an avatar, I thought, oh, I'm well behind the times because I called it an emoji. So I'm really losing the plot. Oh, well, um, maybe that's the next silly question of the week at, um, at, at some other time. Emoji or avatar? Yes. <laughs> so, yes, my avatar was yes. the raised hands Indeed. of which my interpretation of that was, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> right okay and that comes back to what i was saying earlier on that you know, on the console i played a lot more space invaders in fact that was probably the only game i ever played right just because the console i had didn't have pac-man okay but looking back now yeah. i would love to play pac-man oh really i've played the board game of pac-man oh wow oh you're one up on me then i didn't even know there was a board game for pac-man i'm sure there is I'm wow. saying that. Yes, it was, yeah, because it had little tiny, little tiny balls that the Pac-Man used to go over and eat. Oh wow! Okay. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm sure I'm not making that one up. Um, <laughs> oh, I might have to go have a look I'm, at that. That sounds really getting cool. Getting dodgy. I'm going to have to have a look in a minute. Um, <laughs> so yes, I remember that very well. Yeah. Um, but 
Yeah, that, so that was my interpretation of who cares? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless you, brother. I, I have to say, I mean, I, as I said earlier on, I have fond memories of playing them both in the arcades. Coming back to something that Andy said about hand-eye coordination, Pac-Man for me was considerably easier because basically you only had the joystick to worry about. So you could yes. watch the screen and not have to watch your hands. Um, so um, <laughs> this is live, by the way. So it's, it's, it's uh... very live, everyone. Yeah, can you hear that? Um, that's great. Oh, I, I, dear listeners, if you'll forgive me for a moment, I'm just going to ask my good lady. Um, we've had a message from our spiritual daughter in Germany. Could you just respond to her and tell her that I'm on the radio or that I'm recording? Can you let her know, please? Thank you. One of our volunteers at Brunel Manor um, is a, a young lady who's kind of adopted us as spiritual parents, bless her heart. Um, so, um, yeah. I, I found the board game. I was oh, right. You found it? Oh, wow. Oh, that looks really cool. Not that looking at, not that looking comes over well on audio. I, I appreciate it. But yeah, from what I, oh, wow. <laughs> just, yeah. like, is it still available? Is that, have you found that on Amazon? Yes. Or some such like site? Yes. It's, once again, well, we're not different... by Amazon. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, <laughs> so that one's on eBay. Okay. But just go back. You can buy it on. Yes, you can buy it on Amazon. You can also buy it on Nerd Toys. <laughs> that's, that's it's a seems, slightly more. That seems oh, a strangely appropriate you know name, really. It, it's a slightly more retro version now. Okay. Oh wow. Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? Okay. So, yeah, I quite like that. I, I remember it being vaguely revolutionary. What reminded me of it was uh, seeing something uh, on a YouTube video the other day when um, people were talking about Pac-Man. And they said, oh, yeah, we've got a clip of this. We've got a clip of the video. And what they actually showed was a clip of Mrs. Pac-Man instead <laughs> of the original Pac-Man, um, which was quite amusing. And I'd forgotten they'd even become a Mrs. Pac-Man and they'd even been a variant. Uh, but yeah, it, it's um, Pac-Man certainly has it, it changed a lot over the years. I, I vaguely remember Space Invaders changing a little. Um, from my memory, the original Space Invaders didn't have the mothership floating across the top of the screen every so often. Um, so that, I think, was a later addition. Um, and then occasionally you had different, uh, different types of... Um, uh, different renditions of the actual Space Invaders as well. That, that mm -hmm. uh, varied a little bit. But on the whole, um, it was basically the same from, from start to finish. I, I still haven't mentioned my preference. I, I said it was easier for me to play <laughs> yes. Pac-Man um, because I didn't uh, didn't have so much struggle with the hand-eye coordination thing. But I have to say my preference was Space Invaders for the for the pure indulgence of having something with uh, unlimited firepower and, uh, and and whatever yeah so space invaders was uh, was definitely my thing um, so yeah there we are but oh, oh man i'm going to have to go and look for that game definitely <laughs> pac-man the board game <laughs> loving that idea mate do we need to rescue this yes i think so <laughs> <laughs> I've just realised, I think we spent the last 25 minutes talking about Pac-Man or Space Invaders. <laughs> Amongst other so things. So I think we might need to move on to we our sort should, of spirit. I think we should. I think we should. Yeah. Otherwise, this could be a very long show. Yes. <laughs> oh, mate. Go for it. Where are we heading this week? We're rounding up this week as well. We are. We are. We are now on the sword of the spirit. So Ephesians 6, 17 and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God which I know 
has thrown me in the last few weeks because there was one week, and I can't remember which week it was, I had to contact Russ and say, are we doing this? <laughs> and um, you know, Because we weren't following the order of no. the scripture, which then, which is why last week I was completely <laughs> thrown and prepared the wrong thing. Um, but it doesn't matter. It's all good. It's but, all but good. You, so what, what's good about that, brother, is that, um, and, and what our listeners won't be aware of, and I was chatting to you before we um, before we came on air, my morning hasn't exactly gone the way I had planned it to. Um, you know, listeners will be aware that obviously we're very close to a move. We've we've had um, uh, that move now confirmed for Monday, um, so we're in the middle of packing boxes and whatever. And so I had a text at 10 o'clock this morning saying, is there any chance I could help them load the van? And when we loaded the van, um, he then said, oh, is there any chance you can come with us to the other end um, and help us unload? He's done his back, unfortunately, <laughs> so he, he could barely lift a feather, poor guy. So uh, I said, oh, yeah, OK, I'm recording at two o'clock. I've got to be back for that. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem, no problem. Well, unfortunately, we didn't end up getting back until somewhere around about half past one-ish. So um, my preparation, which I had planned to do late on this morning, somewhere around lunchtime, so that I was ready in plenty of time, um, consisted of about 10 or 15 minutes before I'd got the meeting invitation, the Zoom meeting invitation out to Bramwell's. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> This time round, it works that you were prepared a week ahead, brother. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> Lead us in. So, yeah, so the sword. The sword is the first, in, in terms of the scripture, it's the first offensive and defensive part of the armour. Um, and therefore, what the, what the sword is alluding to is the word of God, which therefore means that the word of God is both offensive and defensive. Mm. Um what I was interested in is I was putting, looking at this and researching the, the sword and the original um, Greek for the, the sword. Yeah. Actually, it's not a sword. Nope. It's a knife. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a, a dirk, uh, which is a long bladed thrusting knife. Okay. So it's a it's a long it's a lot it's a large knife. Yeah. But it's not a sword. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah definition yeah definition between a knife and a sword but it's Absolutely, a large yeah. bladed knife yeah that was used for killing animals and cutting up flesh so that for me made me sort of in some ways rethink and redefine yes because it's the same so it's the same type of knife as well that abraham used to potentially sacrifice Isaac yeah and it's the yeah. same knife in Judges 19 that is used to cut up and divide the concubine great story yes yeah, whoever said the bible is uh you know, yeah. hasn't got gore in it yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but it's also the same sort of thing uh, the same weapon that was used to come and arrest Jesus and it was the right. same weapon that was used to cut off the servant's ear so we think of the sword but yeah. actually it is yeah. this knife yeah which was carried around regularly by people of the day so it wasn't just the soldiers that carried this no no and that's what i found really interesting within all of this it's also the same type of sword um that jesus tells his disciples to take with them in luke twenty-two thirty-six, when he says about taking with you the sword yeah um so so yeah, so I've, I found that really fascinating. There's many, many examples uh, mm -hmm. within the Bible of, the, of a sword. And I say it's something that's carried, but it's something that is, it's the thrusting weapon. It's a sharpened yeah. weapon. Yeah. It was used, as we said earlier on, about defending and attacking. 
So Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And again, the same word we've been talking about in terms of this knife, in this, this long-bladed thrusting knife. Uh, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This knife can cut through anything. It can cut through flesh. You know, and going back to Judges 19 and the whole dividing up of the body, the, the concubine, you know, yeah. this was not just any normal knife. This was a knife that was mm. meant for its purpose and its intentions. Yeah. And therefore, the word of God being linked with this is very, very powerful. We cannot neglect um, how powerful the word of God is. And mm. I will talk a little bit more about that in a minute. Um, just, just on that subject, mate. Did you? And, and if if I'm jumping into something you've already done, and we're going to come back to, then uh, let's let's come back to it when you're ready. But did you also look at, at not just the differences between the swords, but the um, the original language relating to the word for sword? Because um, I I found this um, uh, earlier today, and it just completely backs what you're saying about the fact that it refers to a different type of sword but in reference to the the type of word of god if you like let me just read this this is from uh, ray stedman's website authentic christianity and he says this in this verse the word of god does not refer to the complete bible there are two words used in scripture for the word of god there is the familiar word logos which is used in the opening verse of john's gospel in the beginning was the word logos mm -hmm. and so on and so forth and then there is another word. Now, I'm not sure about my pronunciation. As we said last week, you're the language scholar, brother, not me. Um, but the other word is, I think it's pronounced Rima, and it's R-H-E-M-A. Yep. Is it Rima? That's right. Yeah. Now, I love this because this totally, totally falls in line with what you were saying about the fact that we're not talking about a broadsword here. We're talking about a glorified dagger, basically. Mm. Um, and what, what Stedman goes on to say um, is Logos refers to the total utterance of God, the complete revelation of what God has said. Rima refers to a specific saying of God. And so what you're doing here is you are narrowing down to a specific verse or passage with which you are using to go on the attack or defense. Um, and the classic example of that, of course, is when Jesus was taken out into the desert and tempted. And on each occasion, he says, it is written, bang, and then gives a very specific passage of scripture to, to kind of fight back with. And for me, that was, uh, I was vaguely aware of the two swords thing, but not completely. But, but when you look at the actual language that's used as well, that just fits in. And it just, again, it puts a different complexion mm. on how we use scripture in those circumstances, how we use the word of God. You know, we, we talk about the sword of the spirit and carrying the whole Bible with us. And, you know, I remember as a youngster being told, oh, you need to carry your Bible with you 24 seven. And, you know, unless you've got one of those pocket Gideon Bibles where the print was so small that you couldn't read it with a giant telescope, let alone anything else. There was no way you were carrying the entire Bible. Around it. You know, this wasn't gonna happen. Um, if you were lucky enough to have been given a Gideon New Testament, um, when you were at school, which we were, I think, at least once, if not twice, and very occasionally getting a New Testament with Psalms. And so you were close to carrying a Bible around with you, but you never quite had that whole thing. But, but the, the, the problem with that, in relation to what is actually being talked about in this passage, is the, the, the incorrect use in this sense of um, the Word of God is just going to be like clubbing somebody with a blunt instrument. Yes. Whereas <laughs> Rima 
is cutting straight to the point. Mm -hmm. No pun intended. Rima is saying this is yeah. talking about a specific phrase that speaks directly into that temptation or that whatever it yes. is. And, and for me, that really opened it up. That was, mm. I, I found that really helpful. Yeah, I just had visions and I'm going to apologise, but I just had <laughs> visions of, of, you know, should I take a drink just now or shall I wait until you finish this sentence? You might want to wait. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. Um, I just had these visions. You were talking about the Bible. I thought, oh, yeah, you know, the old phrase Bible basher. But I had this yes. picture of you and somebody else up against each other with one of you holding the Gideon's small Bible, the New Testament, yeah. and one of you holding this huge church Bible and saying, yeah, which yeah, the one hurts Bible the most? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, at, at, at an age where I would have been carrying a Gideon's Bible around, I wouldn't have had the strength or the length of arms to carry the family Bible or the large church Bible around with me anyway. So <laughs> I wouldn't, I'd never been able to pick it up. So um, I, I vaguely recall us having uh, the old fashioned family Bible on the bookshelf somewhere. But um, like many of those old fashioned family Bibles, it rarely came off the shelf. <laughs> we, um, you know, we, we each had our own specific. Uh, version so um but i just yeah just just for me that whole the explanation of the difference between logos and rima um just puts uh, a very different complexion to what perhaps we allow familiarity yes to, to, to put on that on that yeah. scripture and it does make a, a vast difference as to how we then use scripture mm. uh, in that context yeah exactly and i mean i'd, I'd only to be fair with that i only picked up on the word that's actually used here uh which was which is rima yeah. And I hadn't thought about Logos. So, yeah, that's a really good point. And particularly with the whole thing mm. of what we've said in terms of the sword and the two sort of swords and things like that and the knife. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. so spirit wise, um, yes. so obviously the, the scripture says the sword of the spirit, um, yeah. which is the word of God. And the word spirit in this def in this scripture um, is is meaning the third person of the Trinity. It's it, talking about the mm. holy spirit yeah. yeah so the knife of the holy spirit is literally what the you know if we were to try to translate it literally word for word within yeah. this and the fact that it got me thinking about the fact that what is the holy spirit the holy spirit i mean there's so many things the holy spirit is you know our equipper our helper our comforter our healer um our remembrance and and it was that one that in terms of the remembrance that made me really think because when we can remember scripture, you know, we talk about, oh, yeah, you've got to remember scripture. You've got to be, you know, learn scripture. And, 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 and I don't take any of that away at all. But what I have found for myself is remembering scripture can be really, really difficult at times. Uh, I, I don't sit with the Bible and go, OK, I've got to remember this scripture and recite it over and over and over again to remember it like I would do if I was acting. But what I do find is that literally the holy spirit does prompt my memory with scriptures yeah and it's important to read scripture because obviously when we read it it goes in anyway but it's the holy spirit that then prompts me to remember a certain scripture now i will confess that google is an absolute blessing to me at times absolutely because when i get a scripture or when i think i've got a scripture i type it into google yeah. to double check where it's come from yeah. Uh, Lord yeah. forgive me if I am wrong on that, but I'm. But that's 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 how I operate and work yeah. because yeah. firstly I want to double check that I'm, yes. I'm 
here yeah, right sure. if it is a scripture because we know that the devil can deceive us um, with that. Yeah. But it is important to understand the scriptures and therefore we need to have a rhythm that is you know, has daily devotion within it, that we are looking at studying yeah. our scriptures, that we're gaining knowledge because the scripture gives us knowledge but the scripture also protects us. And the classics, I say classic, that's really bad, the, the, the story you know, that comes to mind with all of that is Jesus in the wilderness, where Satan yeah. gives a interpretation, shall I say, of scripture, yeah. and Jesus then yeah. comes back with the direct scripture to counteract that. Yeah. And yeah. It, that is so key that we need to have yeah. the scripture. And that's where the Holy Spirit prompts us and reminds us. Um, it's not all about going after the devil. We need to understand the devil yeah. to learn about him and know when to attack, if at all. You know, the word is yeah. also our defense. And when he attacks us, mm. we yeah. can use scripture to, to back him off. And that's what Jesus does. Jesus actually didn't attack yeah. him in the wilderness. He defended himself. Yes. You know, we're yeah. not Jesus, but we have the same spirit yeah. that raised yeah. Jesus from the dead. And we are yeah. equipped with that spirit and therefore we have the same power to be able to walk and move and, and operate within the same spiritual power that Jesus operates in. And that, could, you know, we could go on forever with that and I'm not going to go that yes. way now. Uh, that's a different topic. Um, but then we have the whole thing that, of course, the enemy will make us think that we're not equipped and that we're not worthy of having the same power. Yeah. But... Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. With Christ, we have that power. And that is so important in terms of scripture and, and holding on to scripture. Um, and so, yeah, for, for me, having the, ho the Holy Spirit is so key to bringing that reminder of using scripture as and when we need to. Yeah, yeah. I want to throw something at you, mate. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> because, because, well, well, I've never really thought of it from from this point of view, and I want to see what how you feel it fits into the context of the armor of God and attack, stroke, defense using this uh, using Rima. Okay. okay. Again, found from uh, from a devotional website. Uh, todaydevotional.com and interestingly as we have done on a couple of occasions um, right now in, in, in this week's show they quote Hebrews 4.12 but what's very interesting is that they next go on to say and I haven't had a chance I haven't had the time to, uh, to, to look up the original language in this they then go on to quote Acts 2 and uh, on the festival of Pentecost, Peter, as, uh, as Peter preached the good news of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, quote, cut the people to the heart. And they cried out, what shall we do? So the word exposes their sin. Peter explains the solution, so on and so forth. And we know, um, you know, 3,000 um, uh, are added to, to their number that day. What is interesting, or what, what interests me about that is that is use of cutting um, cutting to the heart for a very positive outcome, mm. which is a strange thing for me. You know, you, you think of the, the knife, as we said, for, for defense, yes, um, but for going on the attack, 
is what Peter's doing going on the attack. I'd never really thought about it in that context, um, to be honest. So um, I, I'm intrigued to see, to hear what your uh, what your thoughts are around that. Okay, you've now... And I appreciate I've put you completely on the hot uh, so. Which is fine. <laughs> yeah, fine. apologies for um, that. I'm just trying to find um, the script. I, I blame the fact that I only got back from helping my brother move uh, about <laughs> 20 minutes, half an hour before we were going on the air. If I'd have found this earlier, I perhaps would have winged it across to you. So apologies no, no, for that. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I, I sometimes like to be in the hot seat. Sometimes don't. <laughs> It, it's just I, I'd never really thought of it in that context. Like I say, you know, you, you, you think of it in terms of defense when the devil attacks, um, of attack when you want to get involved in spiritual warfare. I, I wouldn't have put this incident in either of those two brackets, particularly. I, you, you can argue that Peter's gone on the attack because he's preaching and so on and so forth. but. I, I don't know. It, it just it, it, it struck me as yeah, a little bit left of centre within the context of the, the the sword of the spirit. Yeah. Can you? Sorry, I'm just going to. Yes, uh, now our listeners are really listening to <laughs> life. <laughs> yes. What was the scripture yeah, they on. used in Act Two, and what did they say? Okay, so I'll read what they said um, with the two with the two verses. So. On the festival of Pentecost, as Peter preached the good news of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, the sword of the Spirit, quote, cut people to the heart and they cried out, what shall we do? Brackets, Acts 2.37. The word exposed their sin and Peter explained the solution. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, which is the following verse, Acts 2.38. He then goes on to say, hell lost its grip on 3,000 people that day as they found freedom in Jesus. Okay, perfect. I've got it. Thank you. um right bear with me because so i've got yeah so it's interesting that so i just i've just looked at it in two versions okay so i've got it in the csb which says when they heard this they were pierced to the heart and then i've got the esv which used the word cut within that so no so i'm gonna do my very quick uh, Greek scholarly <laughs> bit. Okay. So the original word of <laughs> I apologise. Um, so the original <laughs> word. <laughs> oh, how do I? Yeah, okay. I've got to say it after putting you on the spot earlier. Um, yes. So the original word there that is either pierced or cut actually yeah. means um, to pierce thoroughly, to agitate violently, <laughs> or to prick. Oh really? Okay. So, the so, so yeah. So when they heard this, they were pricked to the heart, or uh, pierced mm. to the heart, or agitated violently to the heart. So yes. Now I've now putting that into into context of where we've what we've been saying. Um, you know, the the spirit is using the word which Peter has been given to. I would say stir their heart. Yeah. But it's a deeper yeah. stirring than just like, oh, yeah, this feels uncomfortable. There's mm, a direct, yeah. and that's what the gospel message brings. That's what the word of God yes. brings. Yeah. It, it yeah. pierces the heart. Yeah. It's, yeah, it agitates the heart to a, to where we can be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and we need yeah. to do something about it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's interesting you interesting you use um, that, that third word there because 
it's not a phrase that we hear very often these days mm. but i remember growing up often being asked when i've responded in a given way to a certain situation oh has god pricked your conscience over that yes which now makes sense you know given what yeah. we just looked at and i say it's not a phrase you hear very often these days but uh, yeah i'm not sure how it would go down has god stabbed your heart or pierced your heart today since it's, it's that's considered i guess far more old-fashioned language yes. unfortunately but it does put does put that far more into perspective yeah um so yeah yeah interesting mm. yeah thank you for that yeah oh, i like to be challenged <laughs> especially on air <laughs> I, well i was going to say I, normally fun. i think i'd have given you a little bit more to uh, a little bit more time to thought about that but unfortunately that wasn't uh, wasn't realistic today sadly so uh, brother I, I kind of interrupted your flow and your notes i forgot what i was saying no i haven't got a clue where i was so <laughs> that's absolutely fine with me because i think i've seen think, yeah in fact uh, just looking at my notes now i'm really yeah no that's that's it in terms of the spirit that I'd got. Okay. Yeah, just a reminder that you. Yeah, in fact, I'm I'm now rethinking in some ways in my head off well, the back of what I, you've you know, just shared because. You know, okay. It's the the sword or the knife. Yes, it's a defense. Yes, it's an attack. But yeah. the word of God pricks our heart, stirs our heart. Yeah. You know, it agitates yeah. our heart, and so it's. It's a defense against the enemy and it's an yeah. offense against the enemy. But it comes back to this whole thing again of internal. It's an internal thing. And internally, whilst we're facing what's going on out there, we yeah. need to face what's going on inside us as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, the other thing which is interesting, and again, I, I throw this in uh, for, for what it's worth, the context of that smaller knife-like sword that we have been talking about talks more of um again quoted from uh wheatonbible.org um if any of you want to look it up w-h-e-a-t-o-n wheaton wheatonbible.org and they say this and it does make sense given the type of weapon that we've been talking about roman soldiers depended on it for one-on-one -on -one close in combat with their feet planted soldiers would have drawn their shorter sword from the waistband of the girdle this offensive weapon would have been wielded to stave off attack whilst holding their ground rather than dueling the enemy back at a distance uh, with a flare of fancy footwork and strategic sweeping strokes now again that throws an interesting context to the passage that we've just been looking at because certainly physically that was not a one-to-one -one situation peter was preaching to well a minimum of three thousand given the three thousand were saved that day mm. so uh, you know but from a spiritual perspective that word pierced individual hearts yes which actually puts it right back where it should yes. be yeah you know and clearly it did because the implication from the fact that three thousand were added were that there were people in the crowd who weren't added to the number that yes day. So that message pierced individual hearts uh, on that day. So it does kind of make sense, but it's 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 challenging um, because again, as, as you said right at the start, if we don't look into this correctly and carefully, we visualise the sort of three foot broadsword type um, thing um, where you're fighting potentially at a gap of five to six feet away, so that you can swing the sword and make your your, your broad strokes and whatever. Actually, the weapon we're talking about 
is used for much more close on one to one combat, yes. which makes it all the more important that we know how to handle it. Yes. Because when you're one to one standing toe to toe with the enemy, you've got to be ready to know how to handle mm. the Reba. Yes. You know, you, you've absolutely got to know. Yeah. Um, because if you don't, um, then, you know, and that's why I think for you, and, and I back you 100% on it because I do exactly the same. If you have a partial scripture that comes to mind, check it out. And if that means Googling the phrase that you remember and allowing Google to send you to um, an online Bible so that you've got, the, then do yeah. it. Because yeah. far better that you use wisely and check the use of mm -hmm. what you're about to invoke in that situation, yes. then you try doing it and you're laughed out of court. Uh, forgive me, this is a crazy example, but again, long-term listeners will know that I'm a Doctor Who fan. And there is a scene in one of the early Doctor Who, that I think it's the very first Christmas special since the show was revived, where the Doctor is out of commission and Rose, having heard the Doctor give a great long speech to, uh, to, to one set of aliens in an earlier, uh, an earlier episode, she faces off against an alien race on her own and tries to be the Doctor and tries to quote the Doctor. And she makes a complete hash of it. As a result of which, the enemy laughs in her face and it, it fails completely. The principle for us is exactly the same. If we are not using Rima properly and exactly, we're in trouble. Yes. Yeah. If we are using it properly, and this is the beauty of, of, of Rima over Logos in many respects, if we are using Rima properly, it is a direct hit yeah. every time. Yes. And so, I, you know, I, I, I have no issue, and I do it myself um, at all, if you've got a partial scripture in mind when you're being tested, tempted, whatever, and you're not sure of it, check mm -hmm. it out. Check it out, use it properly. Yes. Um, because, you know, it, it works both ways. If you discover, okay, that's not the right one, chances are that the Lord will take you to the right one. And if it is the right one, you can use it completely. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, so, know, know how to use it. Definitely. Yeah. From my point of view, I think I've covered all the bits that I yeah. looked at earlier on. How about yourself? Same mate? here. Awesome. Do you know what? I have loved this series. It's been good. It has been absolutely fantastic to do. And, and I think, again, I think I said a couple of weeks ago that one of the things for me, we, and we often say it, familiarity breeds contempt. Um, and it's been brilliant just to go back over this and to relearn stuff that maybe I knew but had forgotten. But also I've learned a lot of new stuff um, going through this. Um, and it's been absolutely brilliant. So, um, and, and, and we set out to do it to equip. And I certainly feel better equipped now with the whole armor of God than I did um, yes. about two months ago yep. or whenever it was when we started it. Me too. You know, so it's been fantastic to get into it. So um, just want to, yeah, thank yeah. you for everything that you've all shared. It's oh, it has been amazing. It's been good. And so, but it's, yeah, it's, it's been a good, uh, a good series. So, but we are wrapped up with that now. We are. Um, and uh, I think we probably ought to share a little bit about uh, where we're going for the next few weeks at least. Yes. So um, now you've recorded a couple of shows. I have. Uh, solo. Yes. Um, and I've picked those up and edited them and got them already. I've done the same. Um, so dear listener, basically what's happening is um, my wife and I now are very, very close to our move. And uh, so we're going to be wanting to take some time to settle and get ourselves sorted um, in our new digs. So, um, and Bramwell life for you is interesting. It is. 
It's always interesting. And I think it's wise. Well, you know, um, but I think it's wise sometimes just to take a step back, you know, and just to, to then we, we have the opportunity to say to the Lord, what are you doing, Lord? Yeah. And, and, you know, where are we getting it right? Are we getting it wrong? Do we need to change? Are we going in this direction, that direction, whatever? Um, so that's what we're doing. Uh, we're going to take that opportunity over April. Um, we'll put the four solo shows out once a week. It might be five. I can't five, remember now. It? But um, it's, it's five, I think, week. isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we'll put those out. The show will still go out on a Sunday. It'll be a slightly different format, obviously. Um, and then we'll pick it up um, again in May when hopefully things Indeed. have calmed down a little bit. And um, we will let you know what the Lord has said in between we times. Um, so I don't know whether you want to add anything to, to that. I don't brother, think so. I, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I mean, I'm, to be fair, I'm looking forward to April yes. in some ways, even though it would be strange. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking forward to hearing what what you want to share, as well. Yes, it's it's going to be very different being able to just to sit back and listen to one another. Yes, <laughs> without 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 me interrupting you, um, without the banter is going to be very very strange. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be a big miss for me. That is. <laughs> um, but um, you know, yeah, it's a slightly different format. Um, Longer-term listeners will recognise that it's kind of going back to the format that the show was in before Bramwell joined us. Um, so similar to that. Um, but yeah, so it'll be a little bit different, but uh, kind of a kind of a sabbatical, if you like, yes. for, for the show for a few weeks, um, and the chance for Bramwell and myself to kind of step back and say, okay, Lord, what are you saying about the future, and uh, where do we go from here? So, but that's where it's at. Um, so yeah my brother great yeah Tempest so, is well and truly fugitive has, yes yeah <laughs> and I'm amazed that we did still get an, about almost an hour out of that so uh, let's wrap up <laughs> yes we did amen are you telling me to wrap <laughs> up brother <laughs> would I ever um, so that's all for this week as always thanks for listening and please do share the show on your own social media feeds and with your churches friends and families you can find us on Apple Podcasts, among numerous other podcast platforms where you can subscribe and never miss an episode. And if you could leave us a review, that would be great. Find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And you can also email the show at christiansinoursoup at hotmail.com. That's christiansinoursoup at hotmail.com. So until we share the airwaves again, it's goodbye from me, Bramwell. And it's goodbye from me, Russ. Take care of yourself. We can do it that way around as we well. We can, yeah. That's... <laughs> 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 Take care of yourselves and God bless you all. God bless. <laughs> <laughs>